0: It's the North Shore Drive podcast on a Wednesday, and it does look like Minka Fitzpatrick may actually be back. We talk about that. Is the Steelers offensive line actually improving? And is Devin Bush actually improving? All these good things? That can't be right about the Steelers. We'll talk about all that right here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter here with Adam Bittner. It's going to be a fun episode of the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Adam Bittner. We are both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're talking all things Steelers today here on the North Shore Drive Podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. If you see this video, like the video if you're enjoying it, subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes of this show and the daily content
1: that comes out here
0: talking all things
1: Pittsburgh sports from the Post-Gazette. Adam, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's nice to be in uh, in in the passenger seat. You doing all the reads. There we go. That's a, you
0: know you know me. I like to I like to you know quarterback things and throw it to my receivers and let them get downfield. But speaking of quarterbacking, we have to talk about the Acrisure Fan Advantage because there they're, we, we got our Steelers reporters. Quarterbacking that coverage every, every single week. If you want to break of the game, there's no better place to get it because with the Accuracy Fan Advantage, you can have the power to project one of our Gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office using augmented reality. You get an exclusive pre-game breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash fan advantage. No, no apps or downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash fan advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Adam, I want to talk about an edge the Steelers could have this weekend. And I didn't think there was any way this was actually going to happen, you know, after the announcement Saturday that, oh, uh, Maker Fitzpatrick has appendicitis. There's issues there. It's going to be rough. Uh, He's going to miss the Sunday game. And with it being the Saturday before the last Sunday, I was like, there's no way he'll get back by the next Sunday to play against the Bengals. And then Mike Tomlin says it's trending very positive, quote unquote, and then you know, he, it sounds like Minka Fitzpatrick's pretty healthy on a Wednesday. We'll get a full readout from the Steelers on that. But if Minka plays and, you know, TJ's back, and this will be the first time we've seen, I guess, the, the closest thing we've seen to the Steelers' defense being healthy, being completely healthy, what does this do for your, for what you're, what you're looking at, their chance to actually sweep the Bengals?
1: Well, I mean, you think back to the first game, he has that, that, game changing ability to to you know capitalize on mistakes by other teams and, and make them pay with the, the like you know with the pick six that he scored on i think that's the best case scenario but at, at the least um you know we've really seen him become a guy who who cleans up a lot for, mm-hmm. for this defense and cleans up a lot of mistakes whether it's in run defense um and obviously when you know we've seen his production kind of suffers when he's in run defense uh but that's because he's he's cleaning things up and and solving a problem you're having, which is that you are you haven't been great in run defense in, in recent years, and, and he's helped with that. Um, you know, and there's also sometimes guys – break. there's breakdowns in coverage, and, and we see him in those spots too. Um, you know, I think in Philadelphia he didn't quite make the plays, um, you know, to, to kind of clean up some of those things, but that's what he does for this defense. Yeah. he? You know, even if he's not generating turnovers, he can make the defense look a little better than it's been playing um, because he knows where to be. Um, and and he knows where to help. No,
0: I agree. And, and here's the other thing that I and I've been talking about this, you know, for a while that we haven't been able to see because of all the injuries. But this team signed Demonte KZ because of his ability to play because he he's kind of he has a sense for the ball. And there were a lot of packages shown in training camp of what they uh, of how they were going to deploy making Fitzpatrick and Demonte KZ and Terrell Evans at the same time. And make it kind of a, a base look almost for the Steelers, just setting that out there a lot. I really think that if Minka is back and you get to see all three of those guys in the same on the field at the same time with TJ Watt back and you got Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, Miles Jack being back, I think that would be huge too. uh see did in play Sunday, um, and then of course Alex Highsmith. You're finally seeing this defense be a lot closer to what it was designed to be, and we saw how this defense even just without KZ and with TJ until like the, the, the late in the fourth quarter this defense got after the Bengals. They, they destroyed that offensive line that was paid. that had a lot of money paid into it. A PFF, you know, projected they were going to be a top 10 offensive line. They're not looking like that right now. Um, you know, but they were able to destroy them. And, I, I'm not saying they're going to have another five turnover or what six or whatever many sacks they had this game again, but I, I think this defense could be in a position to play the run well again, stop Joe Mixon, and force Joe Burrow to beat you, and this time not would beat you without Jamar Chase, who was really the person who I thought who was most responsible for getting the Bengals back in that game.
1: Yeah, and I think something I talked about with Paul on Sunday too is if you set your if you set this offense up with shorter fields it can look a lot better than it has when you're forcing it to drive 70, 80, sometimes 90 yards. And and it doesn't have to be five turnovers. It can be two, you know, set them up with two short fields. Maybe you get 10 points out of that. Um, And that's, that's, you know, sometimes enough for this Steelers offense. If it can put one long drive together, if it can get one short field and score another seven points that way and get a few field goals, This defense can protect a lead like that, and I think that's the formula for success for this team. Um, You know, whether whether there are issues on offense or not, you know, the way things are presently constituted, that's what you need to happen probably on an average week for this team to win. So, um, you know, having all your guys at full strength and and being able to be dynamic instead of just um, slowing opposing offenses down can make a huge difference, not just defensively but offensively. I agree with you entirely. I think, it especially like you say, you get turnovers.
0: You give some short fields to Kenny Pickett in that offense. Um, you know, and we'll talk about that offense in a couple minutes here. But you get them to an offense that's figuring itself out. They have more chances to punch it in. And, and I think you're seeing slow but steady gains on the offense. You know, we saw the run game awaken against the Saints. You know, the run game wasn't waking up against uh, – there were a lot of teams they could have ran on early in the in, in, early in the season, uh, and they, they weren't able to go. But there's a sign that, hey, they can at least do it there. Now if you could do it to the Bengals – it adds another it adds another ed- edge to you, and I also think that you know, like you said, with the defense, if the defense is playing well, one thing that happened in that first game, the defense was out there for a hundred snaps, Adam. Like, like that was just that's what made that defensive performance even more ridiculous for me. Was that they forced all those turnovers, got a pick six, blocked an extra point at the end of the game, and then and then played for a hundred snaps, didn't allow them to score in overtime, and then was able to help the the the, the offense get the win they did all of that with a hundred snaps in the field. If uh, usually of a dominant defensive perform, performance, you're looking at most like 60 snaps because by the, but when you start to get to 65, 70 and then get approaching 80, then an offense has had a lot more chances to see what you're doing, to figure out your disguise, to guess correctly on a lot of plays. And that's when it starts to be harder to defend the field um, and to keep teams off the board. I just, I think a lot of big things, this has to be complimentary football this weekend, but having Mika Fitzpatrick back behind everything that they're trying to do on defense, I think it's a lot bigger of an edge uh, than, pe- than, than I think some people might realize. I think the Steelers realize it, um, but I think it's a really big edge for this game, uh, even though they've been able to win two games without Minka Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's kind of reflected in the betting line. I was surprised today I do our, our weekly betting guide and I, you know, I don't really look at the lines until Wednesday because that's right. when I, I would do that work, but it was, it's, you know, only Bengals minus four. Um, and, and that's one of the narrower, you know, lines that the Steelers have had against solid competition all season. Um, it's been double digits, I think against the Eagles. Um, it was eight points against Tampa Bay. Um, you know, these, these, Teams that are significantly better than the Steelers, and I think the Bengals fall into that category of you would expect them to be favored by a bit more. But now you're seeing the difference that having not just T.J. Watt but Minka Fitzpatrick in there too. It's a much narrower line, and I'll tell you what the sharps, um, you know, they're they're betting betting the heck out of the Steelers, and I think that's one of the reasons why.
0: I think it's going to be really interesting to see how those lines change, especially if, if Minka's not announced officially like he's playing. We'll see the injury report on Wednesday, just to get the initial sense, like how, how official was he, was he in full, you know, in full practice, limited practice. Um, and then especially by Friday, if he's in full practice by Friday, that's the sign it's full steam ahead. This Steelers defense is going to be out there, but we also got to talk about this offense because, you know, Ray, Ray, Ray Fittipaldi and I talked about his grades after the game. But I think one thing that we can all agree on is that this offensive line is better than where it was when it started the season. We'll talk about what we're seeing there, what Adam's seeing from some of the analysis, and the analytics being put out there about the Steelers offensive line. So don't go anywhere. But first... We got to talk to you about guys about one of our sponsors, Liquid Death. If you're out tailgating and you see someone crushing Tall Boy cans all day long, but they're not getting drunk, they're staying real sober, they're probably just getting hydrated with some Liquid Death. What's Liquid Death? Well, it's the best mountain spring water brand out there. If you want fresh water, you got to go get Liquid Death. And they call it Liquid Death because it's here to murder your thirst and to murder plastic pollution all across the planet because 10% of all the profits of every can sold go to go to kill plastic pollution on the planet so you can double up with health for yourself and health for the planet by drinking Liquid Death, which is not only refreshing, but comes without that plastic taste that comes with normal plastic bottles. It comes right out the can, easy to chill to a cool temperature so that you can get fresh water. Go get Liquid Death right now at your local Target, 7-Eleven, or County Fair, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator located at liquiddeath.com. That's liquiddeath.com. We're also brought to you by Valley Pool and Spa. Wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress-free? A hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna from Valley Pool and Spa will help you feel like it is. You can relax and soak in a hot tub or a swim spa from Valley Pool and spa before the snow flies. Refresh and rejuvenate in a Finlayo sauna that is sure to melt your stress away faster than frosty and Aruba. Save big now on all stock hot tubs, st- uh, swim spas, and hot and, other, and more hot tubs. Visit ValleyPoolSpa.com again. That's ValleyPoolSpa.com to get all your spa options. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post is Adam Chris Carter. He's Adam Bittner. Adam, we saw the Steelers' run game flourish in this one. Najee Harris ran 20 times for 99 yards. Um, uh, Jalen Warren, I think, ran nine, nine times for 41 yards. He really didn't get going to the end of the game there, but... You saw some consistency there, but you saw some holes being opened up. It wasn't just, oh, they ran harder. It was the offensive line actually made some space for these guys and didn't, you know, there were less times where there were defenders in the backfield, cause wrecking havoc on the Steelers. And I think that was a really good sign for this group. Now, they did allow Kenny Pickett to get sacked six times. Some of those were on Kenny, as Mike Tomlin talked about on Tuesday, because, you know, some of the times he gets himself into trouble. But you know, there were some lapses. Kevin Dotson told Ray Fittipato that, you know, he's dealing with a hip injury, as Mike Tomlin noted at the beginning of the week. Uh, but, you know, I think, we you know, Dan Moore, he gave up a sack in this game, but he also was a really good run blocker in this game. What did you see when you were looking at the the, you know, the game and then the analytics and how people are, are grading these guys out?
1: Yeah, especially when I do my weekly PFF grades post and recap of, you know, the most interesting things of the week. We'll, we'll leave the link to that in the description for you guys. But, um, you know, the thing that stuck out to me, Dan Moore played his best game ever as a Steeler. Um, his run-blocking score was second only to Christian Darrisaw among all offensive linemen in the NFL. Wow, that's um, impressive, because Christian yeah. Derrissaw mows people down. If you don't watch,
0: go watch some of his highlights. He just throws people to the ground all day.
1: Yeah, so he was right there it wasn't just damn more. It was Pat Fryermuth put forth his best run blocking game. James Daniels put, Beth, put forth his best run blocking game. And you see the result. Um, and it doesn't have to be everyone all the time. But if you have one or two guys playing really well um, and, and reliably run blocking, it can make a huge difference for whoever's back there. Um, and, and I think that's what we saw this week is that it wasn't just one guy. It was, it was three guys. Um, it wasn't the whole line, but it was enough to make a noticeable difference.
0: I agree. And, you saw, I think guys combo blocking, because that's one thing that hasn't happened enough. In my opinion with the Steelers is that there's times where like three or four guys will do the right thing. And then there's one guy that just misses at the, and it's it's right at the point of attack or it's right on the player. Who's going to blow the play up and and it destroys a lot of opportunities. And Najee Harris did say after the game, uh, that like, hey, we, we focused more on the on, on the uh, during the bye week. Uh, Coach and charged him with more of like doing things to work with the offensive line to get to that they can be better together as a group. Um, and I think we saw the, the fruits of that labor. Um, you even saw, you know, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren kind of kind of like, you know, congratulating each other and like, you know, dapping each other up at the end of the game when they were, you know, when, when they were kind of switching on and off in the fourth quarter as the Steelers were running four minute offense to grind the clock out and uh you know make sure that their offense stayed on the field and uh not to give the Saints another chance um you know, they're, they're feeding off of this stuff and you're seeing them you're seeing them kind of come together a little bit and I, I think that's really encouraging for an offense that we've said all season long they don't have an identity they don't have an identity they're not a deep passing team they're not a short passing team they're not a running team they're not a play action what are they they're not they, they can't do anything consistently well they haven't they still haven't done anything consistently well but they've at least had a game where they rushed for over 200 yards and now there's a sense of like okay Maybe we call more of these 12 personnel packages. Maybe we, we get these tight ends on the field more, and then we run the ball, we play play action, and then that's how we set up a foundation for Kenny Pickett to kind of work from.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's it's more than just the, the blocking too, Chris. Um, you know, both guys, both Jalen Warren and, and Najee Harris averaged better, significantly better than than three yards per carry after contact. That means, mm-hmm. you know, once they've been touched, when, once the line's, you know, a little less involved, um, you know, especially Najee Harris was much, much more elusive than he's been. Uh, I think I did a YouTube short about a month ago saying, um, you know, his his numbers there just weren't great. And and we saw, a, 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 you know, another yard per carry after contact and the difference that made for him. Now, granted, a lot of that came on that big run, um, you know, when he gained 36 and, and, and you know, was rumbling. And you don't want to, you know, overhype it. But the fact that he was more elusive overall is, is going to make, when you see that add up over 20 carries, it's going to make a noticeable difference. And that's exactly what happened um, against the saints. Yeah. I, I,
0: I think it's going to be interesting to see can, can this be replicated? You know, can they do this? And there's going to be other defenses that they come in that are better than the saints. The saints are not a good team, but here's what I'll say is that Adam, you know, the, the Bengals are one of the better teams that they're going to have on their schedule for the rest of the year, but they've got the Colts coming up. They've got the Falcons. They've got, uh, the Panthers, they've got the Raiders. There's a lot of teams that have been very inconsistent, have struggled on a lot of, you know, on both sides of the ball. And, and to me, the Bengals are, aren't, aren't exactly a great team right now. They, you know, they're, they're the reigning AFC champions, but they're hovering around 500. They haven't been consistent. They've gotten destroyed in some games. Um, and, and I said, I don't think that they're, they're in for it. Cause some people were, were, were just saying, oh, they're going to run it back. And when the AFC. I'm like, no, they're not. Because there's a lot of good AFC teams that are above them. Um, and I, I think that they are, you know, there's, I always believe in the saying styles make fights. Like, you know, it's not just, it's not simply, Hey, this team's more talented than this team. So they're going to win. You know, how is a team more talented than another team? And I think the Steelers defensive line can beat up on the Bengals offensive line better than the, the Bengals defensive line can beat up on the Steelers offensive line, which sounds crazy when you think about like, well, doesn't the Bengals, doesn't the Steelers offensive line stink? They're not good, but if they are able to make strides forward, I think it makes it makes the it gives the Steelers even more of an advantage to dominate the trenches.
1: Yeah, Chris. I mean, still the the Steelers have the eleventh ranked pass blocking score on um, on Pro Football Focus right now, and that's you know, that's just one source. It's not everything, but it's right. not bad by any objective measure. Eleventh is not bad. It's not great. It's not phenomenal. They were as high as second or third um you know after those first four games and they've definitely dropped off from there and maybe they're you know maybe they're kind of just average but average is a big difference um for this team considering where they've been the past few years and and honestly compare them to the the Bengals while we're talking about the Bengals the the Bengals have been atrocious yeah. on their offensive line they've given it's up crazy. a ton of sacks um and and it's if you if you're grading these two teams against each other the Steelers definitely have have done a better job of coaching up this offensive line, getting the most out of it. That doesn't mean you don't want to improve it in the offseason. That doesn't mean you want to get some more long-term fixtures here. Um, But it does mean that in the short term, the Steelers made some good decisions, and um, in some ways they're enjoying the fruits of that. I mean, this is also
0: a Bengals team that is paid – good money to players like lyle collins like alex kappa to try to come in and 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 help out an offensive line with jonah williams you know they've spent top 10 picks on this group they've spent good money on this millions upon millions of dollars in free agent signings to try and fix this group and they have it and the steelers i mean they brought in mason cole and james daniels but meh that's like they're not doing much they paid kuma core for to stay that's the most significant i think commitment that they've made to the line but i mean Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore Jr. are fourth round picks and they're just and, and, and Chakumo himself is, is, a, is a third round pick. You know, so, you know, I, I think it's going to be very interesting if the Steelers offensive line outplays the Bengals offensive line. It kind of I think it allows for a tone to be set. I also think it puts Joe Burrow in a much tighter spot. You know, Joe Burrow, he's a guy that I look at like he plays well when everything's going great around him. But when, you know, when the Bengals are struggling, when his receivers aren't dominating the way that Jamar Chase dominates when he's often on the field, uh, you know, I, I think he, he's not a bad quarterback, but he's not, like, he's not Patrick Mahomes who can just lift his team out with ridiculous play after ridiculous play. He's not Josh Allen who can do that a, a lot as well. I, I think that he's, you know, he's a guy that if you take away Joe Mixon in that run game, which I think the Steelers can, and they did the last time, um, if, you, if you get pressure on Joe Burrow, I think you put yourself in a very good position to win, but we also got to talk about another key factor stopping the run. And that's the improved play of the Steelers linebacker group, especially Devin Bush want to talk about that more with Adam Bittner in a minute here on the North shore drive podcast from the Pittsburgh post-gazette. But first we're going to talk to you guys about Yenzers in the Berg Yenzers, as you're gearing up for the rest of the Steelers making their, this, this making their second half of the season push trying to come back at three and six right now. Can they make a playoff push? Well, you can support them as they do that by going to yinzers in the Berg and getting all your Steelers gear. They also have penguins gear, pirates gear, penguins gear. Uh, they have uh pit gear, all sorts of Pittsburgh sports things right there. And there's two legendary shops in the strip district that they, that they got for you. They're always growing right now. They always got new stuff coming in and they have an online store that you can go to at Yinzerspgh.com. P- That's Yinzerspgh.com to go to Yinzers in the Berg, the ultimate place for Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more. We'll see you in the strip district, or you can check them out online again at Yinzerspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Adam Bittner. We're the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we're finishing up here. Um, early last year, there was a lot of Devin Bush talk because he did have a bad season. It wasn't a good year. He was, uh, you know, he was playing at a level that wasn't the level of a first round, first round, 10th overall pick. And, and frankly, he's still not. There, a 10th overall pick is supposed to be a game changer guy. And I think it's easy to still say, yeah, the Steelers, you know, they, they did not hit on a ton of caliber guy that, that, that they want there. But Dylan Bush is playing like a real starting linebacker. He is bro. He is an asset to this team right now. And it didn't show up in the stat sheet in this game. I think he only had like a tackle or two, Adam. But when you look at the, when I, when I look at the all 22 and I'm watching where he's at, He's attacking the line. He's taking on blockers a lot better. He's back to being his aggressive self, which is what the Steelers said he would get back to, what Vince Williams said he would get back to, and what Devin Bush said he'd get back to. I think it's interesting that he's living out and starting to show the things that they were being patient
1: about. Yeah, you watch the film. I look at the analytics. That's that's kind of our roles here at the PG. <laughs> and and um, Devin Bush had his best grade of the season against New Orleans. And I think something like four of the last five games, he's been rated at, um a, a 60 or higher um i kind of look at 60 as the baseline of are you are you being at least somewhat productive are you not, are you making the team better than you are making it worse i think anything under 60 you're making the team worse and if you're over 60 you're, you're probably making it better um and, and he's been in that range and so it hasn't been much again you're right it, it, it's not 10th overall pick kind of stuff um you know it's not ryan shazier stuff which is i think what what you know, a lot of people had in mind for Devin Bush when he was drafted. Um, you know, but but it's it's still productive. Um, it's still production. It's still making them a little bit better, and that's why the run defense as a whole, you know, is is a little bit better. I think you throw Miles Jack in there; he's been better than Joe Shobert um, statistically speaking. Um, even Robert Spillane had a great game um, in run defense this past week. You know, he's never going to be anything special, but as long as those guys are not getting exposed to the way they were last year. The 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 numbers are going to naturally get better, especially as we go into the second half of this schedule. Where you mentioned there's there's some teams that um you know the Steelers can beat. No, I agree.
0: I think it, it, they need to they need to be able to take away the run, and they need to be able to cover the middle part of the field. And I i also think that with with the 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 the, the, the them, them being back, I think with uh Devontae KZ and make Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds being healthy the Steelers are going to deploy those guys a lot and they're going to use them all over the middle part of the field, especially on those passing downs on like second and long and third down when it's more predictable to see like, you know, the ball go in the air um, because they're also confident in a lot of those guys helping against the run, coming up and filling against the run. And I think you're going to be able to see, um you know, a Roberts Spillane not have to be in coverage as much. Like there were a lot of plays where I was watching Sunday, even live, you know, not just watching the film, but like live where, Alvin Kamara would motion out to the slot and Robert Spillane would be the closest guy to him. And I'm like, Andy Dalton's going right there. He's going right there. It's it's obvious. He's going right there. And then sure enough, he'd go there. Sometimes it wouldn't work. Sometimes it would, Um, you know, but if Spillane can just be in a role like, Hey, your job is to either stuff the run or blitz the quarterback. I think that's where he's at home, and, and and then he becomes an asset. He's not a he's not a liability, and then you have guys who can, you know, if it is a run, they're on the field. People usually think, oh, there's more defensive backs. They can't help against the run. These safeties can. They're they're aggressive. They play that way. I, I really think that this is a key that the Steelers could have, and also Devin Bush with with how quick he can be. You know, he's not he doesn't have the ultimate speed of a safety, but he's a guy who you can put in the middle part of the field, let him play a little bit of coverage. And he can run with guys. And I think that's huge for what this Steelers defense is trying to do.
1: Yeah, especially because we've, I mean, that, that matchup nightmare you mentioned with with Alvin Kamara is exactly what we've seen opposing offenses try to get. And it's harder to get those if you have better players on the field. And I think that's what, you know, we have the potential to see here. If you have those three safeties, um, if you have a, a, a Devin Bush playing at a higher level, you know, teams just can't necessarily set themselves up in those. Uh, mismatches as often and 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 so that's that's the impact kind of bringing the episode full circle um you know it it can be a symbiotic relationship where everyone benefits from this guy being on the field or everyone benefiting from devin bush not being great but being significantly better um you know it just takes it takes away things that opposing offenses do to to attack um and 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 that's why it, it feels like this unit has gotten significantly better as it should considering you know we we should never forget to bring up that they're making a ton of money, right? Like this is what they're paid to do. Um, And there's, there's a formula for the Steelers to win and they need to be a a key part of it.
0: And I I do think it's going to be interesting. You know, a lot of people were saying when the Steelers were losing games, Oh, they are a hundred million dollar defense getting treated like this. Well, about 30 million of that dollars was off the field with TJ Watt. About another twenty million dollars of that was off the field when Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't playing, and then you know the cornerbacks who were making like five, six million dollars. Like I was just like, at this, at some point they're like a like a fifty million dollar defense, and that that's not even like. That's like the worst. That's like, that'll be the lowest paid defense in the league. So like, let's put some realism in this. And like, now these guys are healthy. Now we can get to see what's this defense really about. What's their identity going to be for the whole season. And heck you have seen in the two games that TJ Watt has played, Alex Highsmith has five and a half sacks. I think he has eight on the season right now. It's, I think the Steelers are in a very good place defensively. They need the offense to continue to climb. This is not a, it's not all sunshine and rainbows for the Steelers team. You know, they're three and six at the end of the day, they have to play very well. If they're going to climb back and to be a, a playoff contender by, by the end of December. But there, I think there's enough talent on this defense that if they're, if they can get healthy and they can put together the performances, we might see some impre- impressive, uh showings from the Steelers defense and, uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see, especially with these injury reports, what's the outlook? Can they actually sweep the Bengals? Uh, you know, because they beat them in week one. If they sweep the Bengals, I think it would be a huge statement uh, for what's kind of, be, you know, been a rekindled rivalry of late between these two franchises.
1: Yeah, and I'm going I'm to keep preaching this gospel, Chris. It's not even necessarily about, you know, are you going to be a playoff team this year? It's about are you going to be a good team at the end of next year yeah. when Kenny Pickett is in his second season, and and you've got some payroll flexibility because of that, um, you know, can you be a good team by the end of next year and go into next year's playoffs as a real threat and not just a team like they've been the last handful of years that kind of just slides into the playoffs and then you know bows out in the first round? And I think um, that that's what you want to see the Steelers defense do because a lot of these guys are going to be around. Um, a lot of these guys are under contract. T.J. Watt's not going anywhere. Mika Fitzpatrick's not going anywhere. Cam Hayward's not going anywhere. Um, and if some of these other guys play well, they're probably not going to go anywhere either. I think Terrell Edmonds might be someone you'll lose. Uh, Devin Bush, who knows, um, you know, given his contract situation, his right. declined 50 year option. I think maybe they wish they had picked it up now, um, given the way he's played a little bit better. But anyway, the point is you want to see this team rounding into being a contender and, and that's what this the rest of this season is all about. Are you better than where you started? Um, you know, when you have all your guys on the, on the field, do you look like a defense that can win at a high level? And, and we've seen it when TJ Watt's been there. And, and it, now it's just a matter of doing it consistently. I think you, you mentioned it earlier. You need to be consistent and do it week after week. Um, and sometimes you'll win some, sometimes you'll lose some. But, um, you know, at the end of the season, you're going to have more wins than losses if the Steelers defense plays like that more often than not. Absolutely.
0: He's Adam Bittner. I'm Chris Carter. We will have another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast on Friday when I talk to Brian Batko about the Steelers' chances this week and our final look at a pre- for a preview for that big game. That will be at Acrisure Stadium, 425. It was flexed out of the night game spot. But, uh, hey, no complaints here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Adam's shaking his two thumbs up, baby. Where we got no people? complaints. We want to go to bed.
1: No Uh, late deadlines. No late
0: deadlines. But we are looking forward to that. It's going to be exciting. Check out the North Shore Drive podcast on Friday. Adam, thanks for joining me here on the show. Again, check out this show Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and this channel on YouTube every day of the week for all your Pittsburgh sports content from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter. He's Adam bitter. Thanks for checking us out. Again, back Friday with another fun episode wrapping up the week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.